Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Of course, the story of Moses is uh, an often told story. It's a well-known story. He was born a slave, born to slave parents there in the land of Egypt. His people had been there 400 years. Baby boys were being killed. Only the girls were told that they could stay alive, but Moses' mom doesn't care much for these wicked laws of the government. She feared God. So she raised up her son, and God provided miraculously, and Moses is growing up in the Pharaoh's home. He's growing up in the home of the king. And with it comes the best of the best. The best food the best clothing, the best vacations, the best tutors, the best teachers, the best musicians, the best of everything. He has it all. He lives in the biggest bedroom with the biggest bed, and and everything is wonderful materially there. But he is there as a man, a grown man, And he sees his people. And he sees them suffering. And so he kills the man who is beating his fellow Hebrews. Pharaoh finds out about it and now he's on the run. He has to leave the country. He's 40 years old at the time. And for 40 years, he lives on the run. For 40 years, he lives in the backside of the desert. For 40 years he lived as well off as you could possibly live. And for 40 years he lived probably as poor off as you could live. I don't know exactly what Moses would be thinking at this time, but he's 80 years old by this point. You don't really live much longer past 80, so I imagine that he's probably thinking, well, this is my life. Yeah, I grew up in Pharaoh's home. I grew up in the lap of luxury. But I'm here. And maybe he's just consigned himself to, this is just the way the rest of my life is going to be. But then one day, he sees a bush. And from my understanding, not particularly uncommon to see a bush out in the desert burning for whatever reason. So you may have seen something like this before, but this one was different. This one was different because it just kept burning and nothing ever happened to that bush. It continually kept burning. I don't know how long he was looking at this, how long he was expecting something to happen, but nothing was changing. And so he knew there's something different here. There's something going on here. And he goes to see what this thing is. And there was God. It was God that was there. And when he drew near, God called unto him. When Moses drew near to the burning bush, God called out his name. Moses. Moses. And he responds, here am I. And from the rest of the chapter, as we get into it, we'll see that God has a plan 
for Moses. That God has a calling for Moses. That God had a very special place and a very special job just for Moses. And when it comes to the calling of God, I want us to notice the timing of availability. Moses, as I said before, is 80 years old at this time. For 40 years he lived in Egypt. For 40 years he lived in the desert. He's 80 years old. He's not really thinking about a career change at this point. He's not really thinking about moving to a new place at this time. He's not thinking about any major changes in his life. But at the young age of 80 years old, God calls Moses. Because it's never too late to be called by God. It's never too late to hear the calling of God. It's never too late for God to come into our lives and say, I have something just for you. I have a place in my work for you. Because the calling of God is not just for children. And the calling of God is not just for teenagers that go to teen camp and go to youth conference and go to winter retreats. It's not just for single people and young people in their 20s and 30s. The calling of God is for everybody. Even if you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s like Moses is at this point. Even in your 90s and 100s, God can call you. It's never too late to leave the desert behind. It's never too late to change course. It's never too late to follow the calling of God. I've met church planners who were called in their 50s. They were faithful in their church. They're just working and and raising their family and just doing what they felt like God wanted them to do at the moment. And then when they got into their 40s and 50s, God said, I have something new for you. I have something different for you. I have something special for you. And so what they did was they left their jobs and they left their homes and they left their church and they, they moved out to another place to start a church. I've seen missionaries who lived fine lives here as pastors or, or uh, laymen or whatever the case might be. And later on in life, God calls them to something else. We support a missionary like that in Dwight Tomlinson. There's a pastor here in Southern California I'm sure that he enjoyed many things there in his church and the people and the area. But in April, he's moving to South China to help churches to be planted in that 1040 window there. It's never too late to be called by God. But I also want us to see the turning aside. Verse number three says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. When was it that the calling of God came to this man, Moses? When was it that God spoke to Moses about going back into Egypt? It is when Moses turned aside. It is when Moses changed his direction. When Moses did something different from his normal routine, I have this book written by a shepherd and he is commenting on Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The whole psalm, and, and he's writing about each of these things, and I was reading in his book, and he said one of the things that shepherds had in that area, he was a shepherd in that area, and of course Moses lived a long time ago, but I imagine that many things were similar. And what he said was many of the shepherds had a normal, regular path where they would find a patch of grass over here and, and they would cultivate an area over here and he would move them around because he couldn't just leave them in one place. The, the sheep would just mow the grass down to the roots and everything would die. And so they would eat a little bit here and then he would move them on and he had a regular course. And so I imagine that Moses probably had the same thing. He probably had a regular course where he would maybe go to this area and then when they were feeding there for a little, by, a little while, they might go to this stream and get some water and then they might go over here to another area but here he sees something that makes him change from his normal routine he sees something that makes him turn aside to go in a different direction to do something different and if we are going to have the call of God we're going to need to have a turn aside moment we're going to need to have that time when we decide to turn aside that we decide that we're going to make a change, that we're going to decide to do things differently, that something is going to be different. Because you cannot do the same things you've always done and expect something different. They say the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. For us to draw nearer to the Lord means that we need to turn aside. We need to have a turn-aside moment where we turn aside from some of the things that we have in our life. Maybe there's an attitude that we need to turn aside from. Maybe there's a bad habit that we've just accepted. This is a part of my life. This is a part of who I am. We need to turn aside from that. Maybe there's a lifestyle and and just a way that we live that we need to turn aside from. And maybe there's something that we do on the internet or a place that we go that we need to turn aside from. Maybe there's a bitterness that we need to turn aside from. But if we're going to draw near to God, we need to turn aside. We need to have a moment where we change in a direction that is closer to God. I also see the tremendous answer that Moses gives to God. Moses is called out uh, from God. God says, Moses, Moses. And Moses responds, here am I. Here am I. I'm right here, ready for you to speak to me. We see this phrase several times in Genesis chapter 22. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, God calls out to Samuel and Samuel responds, thy servant heareth. Here am I. Isaiah chapter number 6, God calls out and says, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah responds, Here am I. Send me. Because when the God of the universe calls unto us, the answer we need to give is, Here am I. Send me. When the God of the universe who created all of the things that we see calls unto us, we need to respond with, Here am I. And when the Savior of our souls calls unto us, we need to say to God, 
here am I. Have you responded to the Lord in that way? Have you responded to God and said, God, here am I. I'm here for you. I'm here for whatever you would call me to do. I believe that God has a call for every believer. That God has a calling for every single person who calls himself a son or daughter of God. Whether it's to be a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor, whether it's just to um, uh, be a member of the church and be faithful, whatever the case might be, I believe that God has a calling for every single individual. But this calling of God for Moses was scary for him. His calling was, you go back to that place, Egypt, and you talk to that Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. That was scary for Moses. It gave a lot of excuses why he couldn't, why he shouldn't, why he wouldn't. But in this chapter, I see that God's calling comes with God's gift. Because God equips those whom he calls. Maybe you've heard it before, but God does not call the equipped. He equips whom he calls. He will give you what you need, and what I see with God's calling comes God's purpose. Verse number 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have seen also the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I see that God's purpose is for a people. It's for a people that are in need. It's for a people that are suffering. It's for a people that are in affliction, people that are in oppression. And it's amazing to me that God would look down. It says in verse number 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Psalm chapter 8, verse 4 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? That God would even look down to me is a miracle. But then not only does he look down and he sees my condition and he notices who I am and who we are and the people in need, he says, verse number 8, I am come down to deliver them. God would look down on us and that God would reach down to us and that that God would lift us up. He says, to bring them up out of that land unto a good land. Because God wants to help people. God wants to make a difference in the lives of people. He sees many people who are in affliction and suffering and in oppression, in the bondage of sin, who cannot escape. And their eternal destiny is eternal damnation. And God wants to help people. And many times the way that God helps people is through other people. God could have directly gone to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, but he didn't. He said, Moses, I want you to tell Pharaoh that I'm telling him to let my people go. And what you find is that often that God works through people. That God works through individuals. That God works through believers. What a wonderful opportunity we have to make the difference in the lives of people. And when we follow the calling of God, we obtain His purpose for a place. 
and also, or for a people and also for a place. Verse number 8 says, And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Notice what God says here, I am come down to bring them up out of that land into a good land. Out of where they are into a place where they could be. They were living in a terrible land, in a terrible place, under terrible oppression. It was not just about having a bad day. Every day was a bad day there. And God says, I want to take them out of that place. And I want to give them a new place. I want to give them a good place. I want to give them a large place. And I want to give them a place that is flowing with milk and honey. And what God is saying is there's a place where people are. This is where they live, and this is their day-to-day life. But God's purpose is to take them out of that place and take them to a new place. For each person alive, there's a place where people are at, and there's a place where people could be. And sometimes people settle for the place where they are at when they could be in the place where God wants them to be. A good place. And a place flowing with milk and honey. For each person, there's a place that people were in that would take them to hell. And God says, I want to take them out of that place and I want to put them in a new place. I want to put them in the place of eternal salvation. For some, there's a place of bitterness that they are in. But there's a place of joy and forgiveness that God wants them to be in. For some, there's a place of broken relationships and, and difficulty in their relationships. And, but God says there's a place where I want them to be there, where they could be to have healthy relationships. For some, there's a place of fear, fear of the future, fear of their finances. But there's a place of peace that passeth all understanding that God wants for his people. We see his purpose is for a people, his purpose is for a place, and his purpose is for a permanence. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 24 says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of of the reward. Moses, again, as I said before, had it all. He had all the toys. He had all the pleasures. He had all the money. But he turned all of that down. Why? Why would he turn that down? Why would he turn away from all that he had? Here in Hebrews chapter 11, I believe it says why. Because he recognizes that the pleasures of sin are temporary. It says that rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, Moses saw that there was something that could outlast the pleasures that he had in Egypt. And yes, they were pleasurable there in Egypt. And yes, he maybe enjoyed many of those things, but he said, I want something that will last longer. And also the payback of sin is terrible. The wages of sin is death. We can enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, but the payback of sin is death. 
And Moses said, that's not what I want. And I'm going to follow God's calling and receive with that his purpose. I see also that God's calling gives God's presence. Verse number 12 says, and he said, certainly I will be with thee. It's interesting what Moses said 30 chapters later in Exodus chapter 33. He says, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. I see here that Moses wanted more than anything, more than the blessings of God, he wanted God himself. More than receiving the gifts of God, more than receiving that promised land, he said, God, if you're not coming with us into the promised land, I don't want to go. If you're not going to be there with me, then I don't want to go. It reminds me of the song, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything the world affords today. And that's what Moses wanted. He wanted God more than he wanted that promised land. And I see that his presence is personal. He says, certainly I will be with thee. We use the King James Bible. Some people say that it's a little too old. The, the words that we don't use anymore are still there in the Bible, but I like this word, thee. I like that word. The word you is a little vague. Are you talking about you, or are you talking about all of you? I don't know. But with the word thee, I know that what God is telling Moses is not just, well, I'll be with all of the people. He says, I'm going to be with you. And that was special. When you're with a crowd of people and somebody comes along and says, yeah, I'm going to come along, that's nice. But he says, when somebody says, I'm going to come along because I want to be with you, wow, that's special. And God says to Moses, certainly I will be with you, Moses. That's special. Because no mission given by God is a solo mission. God never sends people out alone. He always goes with them. He's always part of that mission team to go out. Every single thing that God calls us to do, he promises to come with us. Matthew chapter 28. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. But then in verse number 20, uh, verse number 20 he says, and lo, I am with you always. He says, I'm not sending you out. He says, I'm going with you. Hebrews chapter 13 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. His presence can be personal. You can personally experience the presence of God. Also, I see that his presence is purposeful. Exodus 3.11 says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses asks a very important question. Who am I to tell, Moses, or to tell Pharaoh, let my people go? Who am I to tell him that? That's a good question. Who are any of us to tell anybody else what they should do? And God says to Moses, you're not telling them. I'm telling them. God was telling Pharaoh, let my people go. And he was using Moses as the messenger. And with God's presence comes his authority. 
comes the authority that comes from God, I'm telling you, let my people go. And there was a purpose there with his presence. Also, I see that his presence is persistent. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us. Thirdly, what I see is that God's calling gives God's power. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 19 says, I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. What he says here in verse number 19 is, I am sure that he will not let you go. But after I'm done working, he will let you go. You know what that tells me is that his power refuses denial. Pharaoh tried to say no. Pharaoh tried to say, God, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Why would I let these people go? And God says, you're going to give in. He gives one plague and gives two plagues and gives five plagues and gives nine plagues. Pharaoh's still not there. He gives the tenth plague. And finally, Pharaoh says, go. And God says in Hebrews chapter, or Proverbs chapter 11, though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. He says, I don't care how many people join together against me. I am more powerful than them all. We need God's calling because we need his power. And his power rises distinctly. Verse, Exodus chapter 8, verse number 19 says, Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. That is amazing that these sorcerers there in Egypt recognized, wow, God can do something that I can't do. And I'm glad that I serve that God. Who can do things that I can't do. Who can do things that we can't do. Who can do things that nobody else can do. And when we follow God's calling, we get God's power. Do you have God's calling in your life? What has God been calling you to? What area has God been working in your heart and in your life? Maybe you need to turn aside. Maybe there's some turning aside that needs to happen. And when you turn aside and you follow God's calling, you get His presence. You get His purpose. And you get His power.